Life is full. It's full of beautiful moments, hard moments, and a whole lot of mundane in between. Often we find ourselves going through the motions and we end up seeing mostly the hard, mostly the boring, and failing to see the good in our days at all. With Intention is a podcast about changing the narrative. I'm your host, Desiree, and I'm no expert at living intentionally. I'm just here to share my personal learnings alongside stories from others about how we're learning to see the beauty in the mundane, celebrate our beautiful, ordinary, everyday lives, and approach every aspect of them with intention. We'll talk about things like motherhood and family, reflecting and taking care of ourselves, our work, our homes, all the things that make up our days. My hope is that you'll leave our conversations reminded that our beautiful, hard, ordinary, mundane days, this messy life, it's full of good and it's full of purpose and it's meant to be lived well with the utmost intention. I'm so glad you're here. Let's get to today's episode. Welcome back to With Intention. I'm your host, Desiree, and I am so glad you're here. I am a little bit under the weather. Luckily, this interview that I'm sharing with you today was done before I sounded like this, so You'll only have to endure it for the intro and outro today. Thanks for bearing with me. But today, I am so excited to share an interview with you from Rochelle Crawford of Abundant Life with Less. Rochelle and I talk about the concept today of messy minimalism, which is also the title of her book. And messy minimalism, if you're not a messy person, I don't want you to think this won't relate to you because the concept of messy minimalism is really all about just letting go of perfectionism in your journey to living with less. And of course, defining what it looks like for you. After this interview, I sort of felt empowered to reclaim minimalism for myself. I talk about this in the interview, but I will admit that over the past year or so, I have just liked the word minimalism less and less because of all of the perfectionism that it kind of brought up in my mind and all of the standards that I personally knew that I could not meet and didn't want to meet anymore. But talking to Rochelle and hearing her approach to minimalism really empowered me to kind of embrace the word minimalism again. So I will say, unfortunately, I want to let you know that this interview did get cut off at the end. I was having some issues with my technology when I did interview Rochelle, and luckily it was only a little bit of the interview that got cut off. We got most of it here, but what we did miss was the two questions that I ask in every interview. So I'm sorry, but those aren't here today because of technology issues. Either way, I know that this interview is going to encourage you if you are starting out on a minimalism journey this year, or if you are in the middle of your journey to defining what minimalism means to you and making it work practically in your everyday life. Before we get to the interview, I just wanted to quickly let you know that I just opened up the doors to my podcasting course. I created this course after I saw tremendous growth within the first year of my podcast, which was at that point called Minimalish, as many of you know, and is now called With Intention. Through the process of creating a podcast and learning to edit and growing the podcast and growing an amazing community of people that listen into the podcast, I just absolutely fell in love with podcasting. And the teacher in me, which if you don't know, I am a full-time English teacher, 
the teacher and me wanted to teach others how to start their own podcast. So I thought, why not create a course? And I've had several women go through it, start their own podcast. The course is meant to help you from the creation of your podcast, the idea, branding, all the way to an action plan for launching it that actually gets you listeners from the start and beyond that to even monetizing your podcast if that is something that you want to eventually do. If that interests you in any way, you can check out more details at DesireeEndries.com slash podcaster. I'll put that in the show notes as well. Right now, it's $50 off of the original price just because I just opened the doors. So don't miss the opportunity to get this course at a very discounted price. It is over half off right now. Go ahead and head to DesireeEndries.com slash podcaster. If you are a podcaster right now, maybe you're just at the beginning stages, or if you are wanting to start your own podcast in 2022. All right, with all of that said, let's jump in to my interview with Rochelle. Well, I am so excited to have Rochelle today on the podcast from Abundant Life with Less. That's your blog name and where people can find you on Instagram. And you just put out a new book um, called Messy Minimalism. We will talk all about that. But before we get started, um, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I am a mother of three. My kids are aged 11, 9, and 6. I've been writing at Abundant Life with Less for about almost five years now. Um, I'm also a nurse. I was a labor and delivery nurse for 11 years, which I loved. And then I decided to stay home full time with our kiddos. And now I went back to work as a part-time school nurse at their school, which has been a ton of fun and totally crazy considering the times. But yeah, so that's a little bit about me. I knew that you were a school nurse, but I didn't know before that you um, were a labor and delivery nurse for so long. So that's awesome. So I want to know, you know, like I said, you just came out with your book, Messy Minimalism, which is so exciting. And I think that this is kind of the perfect time of year. It's always a good time of year to talk about minimalism. But as we're kind of ending a year and starting a new one, a lot of people are thinking, you know, maybe they want to declutter their home in the next year. Um, And maybe they've heard of minimalism and want to dive into it. But I want to hear a little bit about, um, before we get into what messy minimalism actually means and what that looks like, I want to hear about your family's journey into minimalism. Yeah, so it was actually January will be five years from um, when we went minimalist. Um, Before minimalism, I lived totally the opposite lifestyle. I never even it never even dawned on me that someone could just choose to live with less, especially with kids. Like you just, you know, graduated from school and got a house or an apartment or whatever. And then you just filled it with stuff that you need or you might need. And um, eventually the amount of stuff, especially after having kids, right. It just continued to accumulate in our home. And I've always been a pretty like messy person. Like my natural tendency is to just kind of leave a trail of stuff as I go and, cabinets open in the kitchen. And that's just kind of always um, how I've been from childhood, even till today. Um, But the stuff became just impossible to manage. And I kind of hoped like I was going to have kids and then magically figure out how to manage a home. And that is just not how it goes. So I started to feel more and more overwhelmed. And I went to our church mom group. I was a part of that for a few years. And um, every it was like two Wednesdays a month. And this particular Wednesday, a speaker was there to talk with us about healthy meal planning. 
but she just kind of veered off for a second and mentioned that she was a minimalist and that they had recently moved. She said the packing wasn't so difficult because we were minimalists. And I was just like, what? Like you can be a real human and be a minimalist. She had five kids and just intentionally lived with less. And so by the time that meeting ended, like I didn't hear anything else she said. I, don't, I didn't learn anything about healthy meal planning that day because I was just like totally consumed with this idea that it was my stuff that was causing this ridiculous sense of overwhelm every single day. Um, I always wanted to pack my calendar with places to go and things to do because just being home felt so overwhelming. So that day I went home and just started gutting my house like from top to bottom. Um, it was it took quite a few months to go through our entire home and we definitely hit some walls along the way, um, which led me into messy minimalism. But yeah, that's how I found minimalism and we've been living uh, with less ever since. I love that. And I love that you had three kids already, right? When you were diving into minimalism, because I know like for, for me, I, we kind of learned about it right after I had my daughter. So although we had all the baby stuff, we didn't accumulate a bunch of kids stuff <laughs> before we got there. So it's helpful to hear, you know, a story that this is possible it might take several months, but this is possible from the perspective of someone with three kids already at that point. Yeah, I, I think back to like, if I had just had a baby or before even before having kids, like how this would have changed my home from the beginning. But I don't think that means, you know, it's easy to look back and be like, I wish we had done it this way. Or when I registered for my wedding, I wish we had done it this way. Um, but there's, it's never too late to change the direction that you've set for your family. Um, yeah, and I feel like I'm living proof that somebody with like a ridiculous amount of stuff can totally head in a different direction. And it's a lot of work, um, weekends and evenings, just getting rid of stuff. But every step we took just let us, you know, a little, felt a little bit freer and a little bit more time and a little bit more capacity um, at the end of the day. So it was totally worth it. So anyone can do it, really. Yeah, and I think kind of what you just said is, what trips people up um, and just the idea of like, well, if I can't get it all done right now, or if I can't see a way to get this all done within a month, then I'm, it's not possible for me. I'm not going to do it. And that is kind of just like starting to touch on that all or nothing mindset that can often come along with minimalism, <laughs> which we'll talk about. Um, and we'll talk about some steps too, just for the listeners, just so they know, uh, we're going to talk about some steps to like getting started as well towards the end here. But um, what I want to know is, and what I think a lot of people probably wonder when they see the title of your book is uh, this idea of messy minimalism. Could you explain the title a bit and what the book is all about? Because I 100% can relate to you. I like am a tornado living in my house, just cabinets are open, you know, and I leave them open. I try, I feel like I've learned and, you know, tried to change some of those habits, but those habits die hard for a messy, like naturally messy person. So, so what does that look like? Um, explain the title, why, why you wrote this book? Um, because I think a lot of people associate minimalism with like this perfectly tidy home. Yeah, I absolutely did. So messy minimalism, I've kind of um, described it as minimizing our minimalism, like really letting go of the unrealistic expectations and the assumption that it's going to look a certain way. When I came home, I started Googling like how to become a minimalist and I found some great advice, but I also found some pictures and people that were just significantly further ahead of me on this journey. And these pictures of these super trendy minimalist, you know, living rooms and kitchens and kind of, I just assumed immediately that minimalism was going to lead to this 
my home to look this certain way and to always be tidy and put together. And I quickly discovered that was not the case. Like I worked really hard. I tried to get there and it was just a few months into our minimalist journey when, um, I felt like we had really made huge progress and my everything had a place, at least in certain areas of our home. We hadn't made it through the basement yet, but we had, my home was kind of functioning and like with these rhythms and everyone, you know, had a, had some, everything in our home had somewhere to go. And I expected everyone to put it there, but then our dishwasher broke, which I mean, that's just happens in life, right? Well, I felt like immediately, like we were hanging on by a thread. I feel like I was keeping my home tidy just barely. Right. And I was, holding together this picture perfect image of what I wanted my home to look like just barely. And so when something went wrong, it all kind of came crashing to the ground. I felt like I couldn't keep up. And I started to second guess minimalism entirely. Like, okay, this is just not for us. We, I, if I can't, if one dishwasher breaking is going to just make my home turn into a disaster zone, then I can't even, I can't even expect myself. How am I going to do this forever? Right? So um, I just paused. We stopped decluttering and I started to reevaluate like how we were doing this in my own expectations. And what um, came about was just messy minimalism, like embracing the messier seasons of life and uh, knowing that I'm working to live with less, but I also have three kids and life happens and there's busier seasons that keep me from being able to declutter or it might increase the amount of stuff in our home based on the um, hobbies that my kids are in or what my husband's into. And that's okay. The point of minimalism is to create a home that serves your unique family and it's going to look unique. And I think a lot of, like a lot of my wanting to make it look perfect was because I had told people I was a minimalist and if they came to my home, I wanted them to be like, Oh my word, this is such a minimalist home. And who cares? That's definitely not the point of minimalism. I simply just took the stress from too much stuff and then became hyper-focused on making it look the part. And it was the same distraction, almost even more so, and it wasn't what I was after. And so we just kind of like broke down what I was pursuing and rebuilt it on just a foundation of grace and knowing it doesn't have to look a certain part. It just has to be unique to you. Yeah, that is so important because I think, you know, with that all or nothing mindset that comes along with minimalism, of just, it has to look a certain way and, um, you know, it has to look like these images we see online. It feels unattainable and it's easy to just quit. I know I came to a point where I was like, maybe this isn't for me. Um, kind of just like what you said early on. And then after doing the podcast for a while, even I just, and we moved and, you know, just in this like past season where I changed to having a full-time job again. I was like, is this even for me? But I realized that like, this is what minimalism looks like for me. It's not your typical minimalism. It's not a perfectly, I guess, a typical minimalism is like what you see online, which nobody's actually living with. For many of us, it doesn't actually look like that. Like behind the lens of the camera, there's, there's some kind of thing out of place. There's dishes in the sink and um, it's exhausting especially if you have kids to try to keep up with that like hamster wheel of let's make everything look perfect all the time. It's like, why? They're just messing it up as we go. I hope you're enjoying today's episode, but I want to take a quick break to thank the sponsors that are making this episode of With Intention possible. I hope you're still feeling 
that fresh start of a new year because all parts of our lives deserve a refresh. And maybe for you, that includes your work life. If your current position at work includes hiring in any way in your job description, you need to hear more about Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. One of the things that I love about Indeed is it makes hiring all in one place so easy, and it saves you time because it's easy to sift through candidates and hire great talent. Another way that Indeed saves you time is with virtual interviews. You don't have to install anything extra on your computer for these interviews. They work right from your browser. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com intention. Offer valid through March 31st. Go to indeed.com slash intention to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. Indeed.com slash intention. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, friend, let's get back to today's episode. I think that um, it's important when, when we, if we find ourselves facing this like perfectionist mindset, um, and that we're trying to make it look a certain way is to ask why. Like I realized my reasoning was for um, my, you know, afraid that someone was going to come over to my home and, and second guess my minimalism. And I thought that um, having everything put together would like safeguard me from ever feeling overwhelmed by motherhood or my home. Um, I thought was the answer. And I think understanding why, why we feel like we need to get it perfect will help us. Okay. Like really just tear those lies down and just know that we're, we're after this for a bigger payout, right? Like minimalism, while my dining room will look like a total disaster craft supply zone after my daughter's done with it, minimalism for me is making better purchasing decisions and not, you know, why am I accumulating so much? Am I trying to keep up? Um, am I, you know, is my self-worth uh, linked to the types of clothes I have? And just really understanding why we've allowed ourselves to accumulate so much and just learning to become more content um, and slow down and not keep up with the pace. I mean, there's so much to minimalism um, that I think we get distracted by the aesthetics of it and the way it looks, and then we miss out on the most important parts of it, right? Yeah, exactly. I love that you pointed that out, that it's just not like we associate it often with a tidy home because that, you know, for a lot of us, a tidier home would feel less overwhelming, but that's not the only thing that minimalism is. And to get to a place where, yeah, maybe there's little messes here and there, but it can be, you know, it can be picked up. It won't take hours out of our day, right? To get to that point, it's, it's a mindset shift of, like you said, working on not associating our worth with our stuff. How far into your journey were you when you came to this point where like that perfectionist mindset no longer had a hold on you? I know you talked about um, that point with the dishwasher, but I don't know. How did you like, how did you get there and how long did you, would you say it took you to, to find this form of minimalism that worked for you? 
I, I would say uh, a few months. By the time we went through our entire home, um, it, it took a full year to do all of that work. And then I started to see how this home was serving our family rather than us trying to you know, live in service to whether that was minimalism and making it perfect or just stuff that we were trying to hold on to for no good reason. Um, so I'd say a good year, but honestly, perfectionism isn't something that you can just say, okay, you know, click and I'm never, I now live a messy minimalist lifestyle and that's never going to rear its head again. It still pops up. Like even today, you know, I'll feel overwhelmed. I'll feel like I want it to look a certain way. And then that, that, um, picture perfect home will make me feel calm if I'm stressed by, you know, launching a book or running errands or getting ready for the holidays or whatever's going on. Um, so I think it's something we have to shift in our mind and recognize. I feel like when we recognize perfectionism is rearing its head, then we can kind of shut it down. Um, but I, I can't say that I will never, ever again feel like perfectionism is a problem in my home like, um, in that way. But it's just knowing, knowing what's going on. Um, and knowing that you're like, I think if you start your minimalist journey with a messy minimalist mindset, it's a whole lot easier than when you start it thinking it's going to, you know, lead to a perfect home. Um, so I think just creating your minimalism on a foundation of grace is step number one to knowing, okay, it's not going to look a certain way and that's okay. Yes, that I'm, I'm so excited about your book for that reason. Like, I love reading it myself, uh, you know, a few years into minimalism. I don't even know how long because I haven't thought about it in a while. <laughs> I guess my daughter's four now, so almost four years. But someone who's just starting out with minimalism, a lot of the stories and messages that we hear in the beginning are just like about the fact that your home will overwhelm you less or your stuff is what's overwhelming you. And for some reason, you know, I'm not saying that those messages are from those people trying to say like your home has to look perfect to be a minimalist, but rather we, with the images we see when we search it, plus those messages, that's what we end up wrapping it in our head to, to feel like what we're striving for. So I'm so excited that your book is out there and it can help, uh, you know, people get started with that mindset that this isn't about being perfect. So, um, your book, just like some of, I just wanted to throw out some of the like chapter <laughs> titles or things that are covered in it because I think a lot of them get to the heart of minimalism, like being a more conscious consumer, um, stopping chasing perfectionism, like we were just talking about, um, how to pass it on to your family, which I think is something that so many people, you know, struggle with. It was just, I, I want this, but does my family. So, this is just such a perfect book for anyone getting started. Um, but I want to dive into a little bit, just because we are at that kind of good turning point, right? End of the year, start of a new one. How would you suggest someone get started, like in this mindset even of messy minimalism, but what are just some steps for someone to um, get started with their own imperfect but effective version of minimalism? Yeah, I think there are definitely some practical steps that we can take to get started. But um, one thing I talk about in the book that is that when I help people declutter or when I have conversations, people are like, oh, it's so difficult. I'm, 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 I want to be a minimalist. I'm an aspiring minimalist. I hope to someday become a minimalist as if their home has to be fully decluttered before they call themselves minimalists. And I thought that my um, becoming a minimalist and having it stick immediately had to do with like, this big aha moment I had, you know, listening to that woman, it was like, click, it all came together. And then 
that aha moment propelled me through, you know, years of decluttering and living with less. And I was reading Atomic Habits a few years ago. Uh, have you read Atomic Habits by James Clear? I have read like most of it. I didn't finish it. Okay. But <laughs> I, I need to read My goal this year, this coming year, is to read this book again. I loved it. But one thing he talked about was the difference between identity-based habits and goal-based habits. And goal-based habits are like, you know, I want to declutter my kitchen counters so I have clear counters. Like that's a goal in the steps you take to get there are the habits, you know, that will get you there. Same thing with like getting out of debt or, you know, losing 20 pounds or whatever. But identity-based habits are habits we form based on a shift in our identity. And I went reading his description of these different types of habits. I just realized that day that I went minimalist, it wasn't because of my aha moment and like my, why my why clicked. Um, it was because I had shifted my identity. I realized in that moment, like the reason there is such this disconnect in my life, the reason I feel so overwhelmed is this, the way I've been living and the way I have am created to live are we're not like not in line. I am a clutter-free person. I'm a messy person because I need less stuff to manage. Um, having fewer things will allow me to be a little tidier, a little bit, not always, but a little bit more organized. And when it became, it became a part of my identity that very day. Like I called my husband, we're minimalists now. I called my family that week and like, we are decluttering our whole home. We are minimalists. And you know, Definitely people were like, are you insane? Rochelle, have you seen your home? You are not a minimalist. But for me, it became a shift in identity. And I think like realizing like there's not an end goal that makes you a minimalist. Like if you are determined to declutter your home and create a permanently clutter-free home that is somewhere that your family can thrive and you're you know focusing on experiences over things from here on out, you, you are a minimalist. Start with a shift in identity um, rather than just using, I mean, we can declutter every January for the rest of our lives, right? And spend the next 11 months accumulating stuff. Or we can shift our identity, become people who don't need so much stuff in the first place, and live clutter-free lives and becoming more conscious consumers. So I think that is, was the most important first step that I didn't even realize was a step until recently. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that makes a lot of sense. And I really, I, I love that part of Atomic Habits. I know he talked about just like doing it, like specifically I thought of um, like the weight loss part of it. I think I remember that one so well for some reason. I'm just like, if you are going to lose weight, you need to start to think of yourself as the type of person who like has healthy habits. Like I am the type of person who has healthy habits, even if you're not, but like starting that day when you choose you know, that that's what you want. So yeah, I can totally, I think that's a perfect like first step when it comes to getting started with minimalism. What's something you're loving right now? Oh goodness. Uh, right now I am just loving my community like locally and online because I'm launching this book and it's ridiculously overwhelming and time consuming and vulnerable to just put this thing out there. And I've just found so much support from friends and you know, friends from a long time ago that are going into their Barnes and Noble and taking pictures with the book when they find it on the shelf and send it, sending it to me. I hope you enjoyed today's interview. And I know that it kind of gets cut off in a weird spot. But the one other question that got cut off, I do want to mention. I asked Rochelle, where did she start on her minimalism journey? And 
She said practically, she usually tells people to start in a place that's going to be impactful for them, but not super overwhelming for them. And I 100% agree with that. That's always my suggestion as well. So I did want to tell you (laughs) that Rochelle said she started with her closet. It was something that was impactful for her. And I think for some people, the closet can be overwhelming. But for her, it wasn't overwhelming enough to make her want to quit right away. And... I talked about where I started and I started in a pantry, but then I went to my closet. So I just thought it was fun that we both had a similar starting point to minimalism. Recently, I pared down my closet even more and it has been a game changer, by the way. Anytime I pare down my wardrobe, it just makes me feel so much more peace. With all of that said, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening in. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Rochelle. And if you did, if it spoke to you in any way, would you share it with a friend or share it on Instagram? You know, anytime you do that, I'm just super grateful for you. It just helps invite more people into this community that is with intention. I am absolutely always grateful for that. Thank you again for being here. And I will talk to you right back here again on the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.